Hi guys, and welcome to this great episode of the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast featuring the world-famous DJ Rob DeBank. Oh my God, it was great sitting and chatting to this guy, as you're about to hear. Um, uh, we, we did it online, as I used to do most of my stuff, but we're having a serious problem with our internet at the moment, which is, uh, we're, we're trying to figure out at the moment, we're trying to fix it um, to get super fast, um, you know, uh, broadband like everybody else. Uh but uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few forks in the road before we can get there. But uh, the audio sounds fantastic. We'll get that video to you as soon as we we can. Um, uh, it was great chatting to Rob. Um, Camp Festival is going to be such an amazing experience. Uh, we're gonna we've set you know some some missions up for for Verity, and also as well, if you're going to be at Camp Festival, we'd love to uh, keep it up you know up to date with what you guys are, are going to be doing. If you're going to Festival, we're going to set up a thread where you guys can share your experiences uh, at the time. Um, and, you know, at the bottom of this episode, I'm going to leave a link so you can uh, go and buy your own tickets and meet us there. Well, meet Verity there. I'm not going to be there. I'll be in Turkey, because uh, and you'll hear all about, about that <laughs> in this episode. I want to say thank you as well to the guys from Chantilly Grey uh, event coordinators um, invited us to a, a steampunk cabaret night last night. As you're hearing this, it was uh, it was on Friday night. This weekend just passed. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, when somebody says steampunk cabaret to you, you never know what to expect. Uh, I, de- I definitely did did not. Um, they give us give me and 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 my wife. I took Kaz. Uh, Verity was busy. Uh, I, I took Kaz, and uh, we wore steampunk hats. We got involved. Everybody was so stunningly dressed. Uh, the entertainment was absolutely fantastic. We had an amazing time at St. Mary's. So thank you so much to Chantilly Gray for inviting us. Now, what happened with that was um, I had organized to interview all of the acts after the performances. And we had a, a babysitter till uh, sort of 10 o'clock. And I thought it was going to be over and done. I didn't pay attention to the, the schedule. And I thought it was going to be over by sort of like half nine, do some interviews, skip out, go and get the kid, right? And uh, it went on till a bit after that. So I had to go. I didn't get any interviews. I, so I sat and enjoyed the entertainment and didn't get any interviews. But I spoke to uh, the artists that performed. And I agreed that what we would do is organize uh, an online chat um, with, with me, the guys from Chantilly Grey, the artists that took part at the uh, the great event um, at the weekend, and we would talk about it and what they do because I think that'd be really, really good to uh, we can share videos and visuals that way and take a look at the world of steampunk and and the uh, the performances that they do because I, I swear to God the the performances were just out of this world, honestly. Um, so that um, you got that to look forward to. Anyway, I'm not going to chat too much. I'm going to let you enjoy this fantastic episode featuring the one, the only. Rob the Bank. Hey guys, and welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. I'm Alex Whiteley, and I've got my co-host Verity with me today. You right, Verity? I am all right, thanks. How are you? I am absolutely fantastic. It's been a very busy week, but uh, hey, 
it's it's Easter weekend. Uh, we can sit and relax a little bit. Uh, and the best thing about this weekend is the sun is starting to come out. It's starting to look really great here in the UK. And what does that mean? Oh, it's it, glorious. It's a reminder that festival season is going. And festival, festival season is great. And um, today uh, we've got the, one of the, not only one of the greatest DJs that's uh, come from the UK, but one of the biggest contributors to, to festivals here in the UK, Mr. Rob DeBank. Thank you so much for joining us on The Biscuit today, Rob. Wow, that's some intro. I'm uh, not sure I quite deserve that, but thank you, Alex. Definitely <laughs> do, definitely do. I, I was talking to Verity uh, before you came in, and I was yeah. saying that I feel like you are part of one of the greatest eras of Radio 1. Um, definitely for me personally, um, because I feel like it was an era of radio that encouraged me and made me want to sit behind a microphone, for sure. Especially, you know, with the Chris Moyles and the Joe Wiley and, 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 and you said, that whole collective... It was just, it did amazing things for Radio 1, didn't it? It, it? Yeah, it was a golden era. And I know I sound like a middle-aged 50-year-old man, which I am um, reminiscing about the, the good old days. But, I mean, it, it was such a privilege to be in that in those studios, you know, alongside, well, you know, on the one hand, the breakfast guys like Chris Moyles and Sarah Cox and Zoe Ball. And, the, and then, you know, on the other side of the office, you had Giles Peterson, Marianne Hobbs, John Peel, the late, great John Peel, um, you know, Fabian Groove Rider, Bobin Nahal, um, Chris Goldfinger, you know, some of the most amazing specialist DJs in the world. So it was it was pretty surreal at times. And I think it's fair to say that everyone in that, in that group of people kind of crapped themselves when it got to the Christmas party because we were all so sort of nervous of each other even after 10 years in the same building you know everyone was too scared to speak to John Peel and then Annie Nightingale was over there and it was just like yeah it was it was it was amazing I imagine oh, I'd have loved to have been at one of those Christmas parties <laughs> me too we all got we all got married quite quickly because, like I say, I, I don't know what it was, but all these superstar DJs that I don't mean the specialist guys, but you know, even you know the, the big the big names, you know, they'd creep in and they'd be so kind of modest and nervous. So, um, yeah, but it ended up always being fun. Do you guys do many reunions? Do you get together and only like, hey, it's you, it's you, haven't seen you in a while. What's that like? If you do, um, I mean, I you know, I'm still obviously friends with. Charles Peterson and you know um, a lot of those specialist guys um, and then I book a lot of them for the festivals um, Sarah Cox is obviously a, a camp festival um, stalwart who's who's there every year so yeah it's lovely to see them um, you know a couple of times a year Annie Max a good good mate so um, yeah but no I don't think um, I don't think there's a big reunion that I'm not aware of maybe there is and I'm just not invited maybe maybe we maybe should you need to organize it Make it happen. I, I should, but I know that it would be super awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the time you? <laughs> what about the time you went? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, go, what happens in Radio One stays in Radio One. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> um, let's talk about you. Uh, the, the, I mean, where do where do you hail from, uh, Rob? What? Um, I hail from the south coast, in between Southampton and Portsmouth. So I was born in. Born in Pompey, but I'm a Southampton fan, which doesn't go down well with the Pompey <laughs> crew. Um, but yeah, I grew up in a tiny village um, in the middle of nowhere, really, playing in my dad's brass band and going sailing. So it wasn't really a very rock and roll um, upbringing, but something what, something clicked somewhere. What instrument did you play in the brass band? The trombone. <laughs> ah, that's my instrument. I play that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hello, trombonists. Yeah, my dad still <laughs> still plays it. So, um, oh, yeah, good. great instrument. I don't play an I instrument. Agree. I agree. I, I, I enjoy music, and I can tell people how how much how good it is uh, <laughs> i'm terrible with uh, i've got so much rhythm in me but i can't put that onto anything which is uh um... you have to leave the podcast alex this is for trombonists only. <laughs> <laughs> i'm very sorry um <laughs> not, but... i don't i'm not really a practicing trombonist anymore to be fair yeah no, i don't I've play got, very often i've got a rusty one in the corner but it's not uh not regularly brought out should I should I bring it to Camp Festival? Should we duet with it? We we welcome wandering uh, minstrel type trombonists. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so if if you're going to go to uh, Festival uh, Verity, you've got to take your trombone with you at all times. <laughs> That's got. Yeah. Oh no! What have I done? Why have I yeah. said this? The entry trombonists. Um, I think we're down. To, we're we're down to open one of the literature stages. So I think what you got to do, Verity, is do a trombone solo on the stage. <laughs> I think I could just about manage Twinkle Twinkle these days. So if that's all right, I'll do it. Mm. Well, <laughs> um, from from small town though, um, how how do you get yourself out there as a DJ? Uh, and 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 he's like living in a small town where you were kind of like the catalyst for that. Do you need to get out of a sleepy town to put your mark upon the world? How does that happen? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't grow up thinking, oh well, yeah, I must must be a DJ or I must run festivals or something that was all just sort of happy accidents that happened along the way so I mean yeah we we went clubbing in Southampton and I used to be the kind of guy that would be in charge of the music at the beach parties that I'd sort of promote I'd make these little hand handmade flyers at the sort of age of 15 and invite all my mates to um to beach parties I'd have like a cassette player that I made dodgy mixtapes on and and uh, yeah, so I suppose that was the start of it. And I did, I did like, you know, being not the not the centre of attention, but the, the musical person who brought it all together and kind of made the party um, go off. Hopefully, so yeah, I, I kind of always liked that in a quiet way. And maybe maybe that was sort of planting the seed. And then I got a set of decks when I was sixteen. You know, this is obviously in the days before MP3s or Spotify or anything. So if you're going to be a DJ, you needed vinyl decks. So. Uh, spent spent a while learning how to use those still learning <laughs> learning now and um and yeah and got my first gig i think at the at the rhino club in southampton in the in the 90s then moved to london and rave was exploding and drum and bass and everything and the rest sort of just rolled out from there yeah you you were right there at the the, the time when that kind of uh, music kind of exploded. You're right. It's um, what, a, what a privilege to see that happen whilst inside that that industry. You know, it must have been great for you. Um, did, it, did it happen too quickly at times? Did it happen? You know, I mean, were you ex- uh, you know surprised by a lot of what was happening? How quick it was moving for you? Or were you sort of happy about it? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, all of those things. I, I sort of yeah. I mean, I was. I've always liked doing a lot of different things. So very quickly after I left university, then I was, I was a barman, I was DJing, I was running a club. I then got on to, asked to do a show on Radio One. I was DJing around the world. I was working at a music magazine. I was clubs editor for that. So, you know, it was, it was fairly a bit of a maelstrom of stuff. I'd be like whizzing up and down the motorways going to write about, Clubland in the UK, which was, you know, just the hugest scene, like Gatecrash of God's Kitchen, all these sort of cheesy clubs, Cream and not, not 
cream's not cheesy, but um, you know, <laughs> so absolutely amazing going, seeing the whole super club explosion as as a music journalist, and then also going to like South America and DJing at five in the morning as the sun was coming up, and and then running the record label, starting you know, and, and then by the time I'd got to thirty, we we'd started me and Josie had started festival, so yeah, the twenties were pretty insane. It, it went from sort of naught to a hundred quite quickly from from sort of 21 to 30 i was just <laughs> and then slowed down a bit tiny bit um that sounds incredible what a way to spend your 20s <laughs> yeah it was it was good I, I yeah now that i'm just about to hit 50 i am definitely trying to piece it all together and see what i what i did and all the bits that i forgot but um <laughs> yeah yeah i couldn't imagine it i mean i i imagine i, I don't know i guess you can liken I don't know how that works. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, like in a um, a DJ to like a stand up comedian in a way that they kind of they are the focal point of the entertainment that people are coming to see. You are on stage. You are directing things as they go, as far as the music is concerned. Down to the RPM, you know how people are feeling, how their hearts. Point. Um, how easy is it to to sort of can you can you like bomb on on, on stage? I have that happened to you before. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I can't remember any, well, yeah, actually, I mean, I remember one New Year's Eve, I, um, we did, we promoting a big Sunday best party, probably a couple of thousand people in King's Cross in a sort of warehouse space. And it was still vinyl records at that point. And I remember playing a Sasha record, I think it was Expander. And, um, it was getting near midnight and the record, you know, the, the needle for anyone under the age of 40, they won't know what I'm talking about, but the needle, the record needle got so much fluff on it. It just went straight across the, the record. And, and, and this did happen in clubs because, you know, someone would nudge the decks or, you know, and, and so it wasn't like technology <laughs> where you could just rely on the digital signal. It was, it was, if, if the analog signal of your needle fell off, then, uh, <laughs> you stood there with an empty, you know, in, in a total silent room of everyone jeering you. So I picked up the record and flung it out into the audience as a, just as a sort of like, oh, well, had enough of that one. And uh, <laughs> about five in the morning, a girl came up to me with blood on her forehead and said, you, you, you smashed me right in the face with that record. Oh, no. And I had to give her some best of all tickets to calm her down because she was threatening to uh, oh. sue me or something. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I think I could read... a crowd pretty well and always had enough tunes to change direction but yeah you have peaks and troughs and lulls and i i'm not a very um showy dj i'm not fat boy slim who's very who looks very at ease you know jumping up and down barefooted and loving it I, i'm quite a shy dj so I, I like the dark um dark sweaty clubs where the I, dj's I in the corner a picture of it i don't know if this is from last year you're literally djing at the back of a car but it looks at the top of a car there i don't know what that is um yeah yeah that's um that's in caravanserai this venue um from camp Bestel. that's actually a hearse um, <laughs> that <we're stood> <laughs> wow <laughs> you, li- you say i literally i've literally dj'd at the back of a hearse guy <laughs> like, yeah. yeah 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 that's a cool, that's one of the coolest venues anywhere it's such a brilliant one that that'll be at camp Bestel. Where, where did you say it was um well it's it's at camp Bestel. so we've got a venue called caravanserai which was created by these amazing guys um pete and chris tofu with my wife josie and um it's actually going to be popping up at the brighton fringe if any of your listeners are heading south at any point in in may but um but apart from that the only two places you can see it are at, um camp festivals dorset and shropshire so 
it's everyone's favorite secret venue it, it's it only fits about 500 people but it's um yeah it's right. very exclusive i like that um yeah what is that is, is the back of a hearse the most unique place you've you've uh dj then is there anywhere that tops up <laughs> um i mean it's it's fairly um yeah fairly unique in an oddball way i mean i you know I, i've dj'd uh, we did some parties in in Ibiza in the early '90s, um, Sunday best parties on, like on cliff tops and on little hidden away beaches and stuff. Those were probably one of my favourite ones in terms of location. And we, they were free parties, and they were pretty much the last free parties that happened in Ibiza. We we sort of ruined it for everyone else. Um, it was when they they were starting to clamp down on things. We managed to do about five in a row, and then. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful, like with people like Milo and um, Groove Armada and Zero Seven. So it was that sort of and chill out was 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 not a, not a dirty word, and it was like a real explosion. So um, I, yeah, those were good times. I imagine the end of the Ibiza season is just people just like absolutely mullered, just like I oh, just trying to get out, just trying to survive one more day. Like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, luckily for us, the the, the parties we were doing was, was sort of. Because um, you had the big, you know, the big um, super clubs out there, but we were doing a, a much more niche thing for, a, I wouldn't say a cooler audience, because that's a bit, bit um, fascist of me. But um, but it, yeah, it was it was sort of a slightly older, um, more chilled out crowd. So I mean, you know, Ibiza's got those two sides to it: the total in your face, garish, um, full onness, and then the absolutely beautiful sort of hippier side of it. So yeah, love love Ibiza. I never got to. Did you go to Ibiza Verity? I went, yeah, I went on a family holiday, so it wasn't like, but I, I, um, I would have been more attracted to that hippier side. We went to um, Cafe Del Mar for the, like the sunset, you know, when the, the sun hits the sea and the music goes, that was magical. I loved, I loved that. Yeah, yeah that was, that was probably up there with one of my all time, um, you know, t- ticking off the bucket list. I, I I did did the sunset at Cafe Del Mar once. Um, when it when yeah. it was its real heyday and DJ'd DJ'd the sunset and yeah, the the tension and sort of um fear in a DJ of trying to get that just as the sun disappears, like you said, Verity, and and sort of uh, yeah. playing. Something. I mean, it's how you t- how it's done because you have to be so precise with it, and it it genuinely felt like a magical moment. Like yeah. the atmosphere, the music, the yeah, sun, yeah. it was it was awesome. So I can get why that's a bucket list moment for you. It's wicked, yeah. Yeah. No, it's amazing. Mm. yeah. Um I I I never got to do it, I'd be for never got to do it. But um there's still uh, still a bit of youth left in me. Maybe when we one year we'll be like, Well, I've got to leave uh, leave the kids here, we're gonna go to IB for laters, uh <laughs> come back yeah. an absolute mess. Um when you're walking through um the, the, the doors of Radio One for the first time, um what is like going through your head? I mean you've you've done all these these clubs, you've done these parties um you know what you know your your own skills as a dj but now you're in a room with some of the biggest djs in the world how's how's that feel for you um yeah i mean it was total imposter syndrome for 12 12 years and i i really mean that even up until my last show i sort of was pinching myself thinking they are gonna like discover who i really am at some point and realize they've made a massive <laughs> mistake so um <laughs> you know i i yeah, I'd, I'd never been on the. I've been like a guest on one show on Kiss FM before I went 
to do my pilot for Radio 1 and they, they wanted, because of my Sunday Best Club, this whole sort of Valeric chill-out kind of wave was really happening in the UK and they wanted that kind of music on very early mornings on Saturday for sort of clubbers coming down, if you if you will. And, um, and so I got a call through my manager or I can't remember how it happened and he said, yeah, Radio 1 want you to go in and do a pilot. I was like, no, surely not me. And then <laughs> I went in and me and Chris Coco were sort of, they, they did... I think they auditioned quite a few people and then me and Chris Coco were the last ones left. So they gave us a sh- half the show each kind of thing. And then, um, yeah, it was absolutely insane. Totally um, crap myself for the first few years, then kind of got more into it, um, got got standing for uh, the late, great John Peel, who then sadly passed away while he was away. And I then... <laughs> not had to but then got asked to do john's show for a few months while they found a replacement um so that was just totally insane you know a few years after being at radio one suddenly sitting there flicking through john peel's record boxes with all his notes on each record and it was all he was so precise and encyclopedic He'd, he'd planned out the next sort of three or four weeks shows anyway so i knew exactly what to play and i just did minimal talking tried not to upset his audience and uh got through that but yeah and then yeah suddenly it was 12 years later and I was uh waving goodbye but yeah I was, I, I'm so yeah one of the best things I've done in my life for sure it kind of been bad for the the Rob the Bank brand you know uh going out afterwards and being like I'm Rob the Bank I was on Radio 1 and did you um did you manage to um carry on with a bit of momentum after Radio 1 or did it kind of dip a little bit how, how was that transition for you um, yeah, I, I think anyone who says when they leave Radio 1, you know, doesn't feel, um, you know, uh, some loss or, or, yeah, it was, it was, it was weird. I think you, um, I knew for a year before I left, you know, they'd said, well, you know, we're, I mean, you know, they do that all the time. They, they change personnel. I was surprised I'd, I'd lasted 12 years, to be honest, but, um, but I knew with a year to go that I was sort of winding down towards my last shows. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you talk to my wife, she would definitely say that I was uh, kind of something happened within me. Um, yeah, I, I think um, you do you do miss that, and it's it's not like I was a, a nationally um, known, um, you know, superstar breakfast DJ or something. I was like a specialist, you know, niche nerdy part of it. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, we had Best of All still running at the same time, and my record label, and I've never sort of just done one thing and and then pro- probably maybe as, an, as a sort of comp insurance um, blanket or whatever it's called safety safety net so that i uh, i've always got something that i can say yeah i'm still doing this by the way yeah i, I may may um not be on radio one anymore but hey check out my festival <laughs> that'll probably soften the blow of the loss that you felt because i think as a listener when you get you get familiar with the with the djs you get familiar with their personalities and their music tastes and it's it's really it's quite special i bet i can imagine you get people meeting you feeling like they know you and you're like okay how does that feel yeah no i i love that i still get people come up to me in the street um and say uh oh we used to listen to you in the car parks outside you know whatever club in doncaster or scotland or yeah we always used to dance around the car and um so yeah, lovely, lovely knowing there are yeah. people out there that, that it was it was a sort of time and a place. I mean, yeah, 
Radio One is still an amazing station, but you know, I don't think it has that sort of adventurous, slightly um, not naughty, but cheap. You know, it, it was it was yeah, it was quite adventurous and very freestyle, and we play whatever we wanted. You know, they literally say, right there you are, you're live on air, and then you just play whatever you want, and and there were no rules, no one told you you had to play a playlist or the latest pop song. So yeah, total freedom. I think that's why that's why I I got so much inspiration from that era of radio is because like Joe Wiley was so bold in some of her choices of music. She brought on so 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 many bands and, and artists. Then you had like Chris Moyles who would literally burp down the microphone and be Chris Moyles, and then they would like like you said be bold and adventurous with 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 music and their selections and and things as well. Like, I I love that. I feel like that kind of made me want to be. Not just like your typical hi and welcome to the radio. It wanted me to just let me be myself, authentically me. And I feel like um, I got a lot to thank that era of radio for. So I'm glad you were a part of that because uh, it is for me a golden era. So um, yeah, really, really. Yeah, I think I think in their um, in not in their defence, but yeah, Radio One at that time for for a good decade just gave total free free reign to the to the presenters to the to the specialist nighttime presenters in a way that i don't think really exists anymore so it's it's um yeah it was great great time okay so moving on to sort of festivals and what's going on in your mind uh, while you're traveling the world while you're doing your thing you're seeing festival after festival after festival after after festival before fe- festival even exists are you mentally ticking a list of what should be at a festival, what shouldn't be at a festival, what would make the perfect festival? How does that go for you in your mind? Um, I mean, no, we we weren't, but we were definitely ingesting all that um, all that knowledge and um, spying on people's festivals. Yeah, I mean, me and Josie started. Um, we, we met at university in the first year, so we've been together since we were eighteen, and we've always worked together and lived together since then so we, we started going to Glastonbury when we were kind of 18 together in my old rusty 2CV jumping the fence sorry Michael Evis and um and and then you know so yeah and then going to like Reading or WOMAD or the Big Chill and you know festivals in Europe and seeing them and we still we still weren't um thinking oh we definitely have to do our own and then so yeah like I say it wasn't until we were 30 and then we we met our partners um in, in festival and sat in a pub and drank too much wine and said, Hey, we can, we can do one of those festival things. And, uh, and festival was kind of born out of that. So it, it yeah, it, it wasn't a long-term plan that suddenly came into fruition. It was something that it was something that suddenly just popped up and six months later, we were opening the gates without a clue what we were doing. And, uh, yeah, there's no turning back. Um, I, 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 have you an, an avid festival go authority been to many festivals i used to go to v festival that's that's right. the one i used to go to okay so that's that's kind of a, a good reference point because like i i went to v um and i remember just being like <sighs> there were parts of it that i really really loved you know whether, whether you're for it or against it people sitting down having a smoke having a chill, just relax to themselves, doing their thing. And then there was the corporate side of it, the, we're going to charge you four pounds for a, a bottle of virgin cola, or like there's, there's there's some real bad corporate moments of it. But like 
one of the one of the biggest things I thought about it was it was very much about the music and um and hardcore sort of festival goers. Whereas the pictures I'm seeing from Best of All are all about sort of sort of family and colour and just a really sort of chilled out vibe that I didn't I have never got from a festival before. Um was this something that you were like, we need to incorporate music and family together to create harmony? And how was that process, like planning process for you? Yeah, no, that is pretty much it. Yeah, we we were running festival and then we started on the Isle of Wight, you know, and that was the sort of very, very cool kind of 24-hour party people, stay up all night, raving, um, nutty festival. And then, and then we started having said maybe we should create something a bit more family that we can actually take our own kids to and... and and um and we looked out there and there wasn't really much happening like that. So yeah, Camp Festival is is that sort of fusion of of everything, all the magic and spectacle and art and culture and music of festival, but in a much safer, um, steadier environment that's suitable for kids of all ages, super safe, and you know your grandparents can go and have a have find things for that find things to do you can do stuff with a two-year-old and 16 year old whatever trying to tick a box for every single age group so yeah it's, it's quite a challenge but that's the that's the idea is you know just creating um magical memories which sounds a little bit disneyland or cheesy but a- actually from you know talking to our audience and doing research that that is i think something like half our audience have said that that's why they come to create these magical memories it's not to see jess glynn or Fatboy slim or you know the flaming lips or whatever it's it's to to create these incredible memories you know some some of them well a lot of people coming and camping for the first time a lot of them coming to their first festival with their children you know it's quite brave this this stuff really i know we think it's uh commonplace but to to get in a car or a camper van with your entire family and then spend three days in a canvas tent with not much sleep and uh everything else you know it, it's um yeah it's, it's a leap into the unknown for some people yeah the, the like you said creating those memories and just experiencing it that's that's pretty awesome yeah and uh, yeah, i think as par- as parents we all want to do something with our kids that has that sort of lifelong wow factor yeah wow factor and lifelong lifelong memory we do enough sort of telling them to do their homework or cooking them yeah cooking beans and you know sort of mundane stuff so to be able to get out into a field and create a you know whittle of wooden sword with your son or, or or paint fairy wings on your daughter or you know sleep under the stars it's yeah it's sort of not things that you can do every day of the year that's why camp festivals there uh, yeah collects them all in one space yeah yeah in a very very clever way as well i think it's fantastic yeah. because you look at all these elements of of what you have at best of all and if you're it's, it shouldn't work. It should. It shouldn't work. Like to have all these things, but it, it seems to do so well. And we've been to. We went to. Um, we went to. Ger- I think it's called Geronimo. Um, it was a, a kids festival. We took our little one, and Mister Tumble was there, and a lot of the CBBS people were there, and um, Cook and Line, and all these people. And it was such a wonderful event. And I was kind of like, this needs to do more of this. But so the the fact that you've got like that as well as because you know you got you got mr tumble and and you know cbb stars coming to best of all as well so you got you, you have very much like have something for the kids 
and for every sort of aspect of, of music and, and festival lovers, which is wonderful. So well done. Um, but <laughs> the logistics of that, though, <laughs> I guess is a different story. How do you how do you find all these people and make it work? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's what that's what we do. So I, you know, Josie creates the whole wonderland of. of Camp Festival and the way it looks and the way, the way it feels and then I'd sort of populate that with you know amazing musical acts and kids TV people and you know Justin Fletcher like Mr Tumble he's done every single one of the 15 um, Camp Festivals in Dorset and both the um, he'll have done both the Shropshire ones as well so he, he's kind of a yeah a, a, a big stalwart of ours um, so you know there's things that we know that we want to book like Mr Tumble Mr Maker um, you know, the kids TV stuff. Then there's, you know, the headliners, which, you know, we can't be too um, out there and, we, and adventurous because the audience, you know, wants to, you know, yeah, they're, they're not um, your bog standard festival audience, but they, you know, they they want stuff they can probably have a sing along to and um, dance around with their kids too. So that that's kind of tricky getting that balance right. And then then there's a whole raft of stuff in between that, you know, like Elvana, the Elvis fronted Nirvana tribute act, you know, who, which sounds terrible on paper, but is one of the biggest um, acts that we have and things like junior jungle, which is two, two guys in Lycra playing drum and bass to kids. You know, it's, it's those sort of things that actually end up being the, the highlights for some people. It's, it's not necessarily, um, you know, rudimental or primal scream or the big headliners. It's, it's, um, it's the fun stuff that happens on the on the outskirts. The things you wouldn't necessarily expect to come across. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I I, I don't envy. I mean, I did. <laughs> I did a twenty four hour podcast, and I just needed a venue and a camera and twenty four guests, and that, that for me was like, ah, it was, it was a nightmare of a planning session, right? Um, so to organize all of that, you got you know, you got your marquees and your wires and your your sound guys and then you you got the gates and you got this and you got the financing and then you got the logos and then there's the artwork, it's all gotta fit up. I mean, is there a, a a huge team of you guys that work on different aspects of that? How much of that is on your shoulders? Because it's actually a it's actually a tiny full time team of about six of us, um, and then a, and then a huge army of of people come come festival season so um yeah it sort of grows from you know this little kernel of six of us kind of directing it and then and then comes hundreds if not thousands well it's thousands of people working on the festival across the actual weekend so and you know it's it's not it's not bedlam and mayhem it's everyone's got their area you know you've got the sound and lights guy he, he books all the stages and sound and lights he knows what he's doing you've got the talent booker that works with me to make sure we've got all the acts there we've got the catering and trader lady who gets all of that sorted and they report it all in and so it's it's a lot of uh brain power for josie more than me probably and and then um and then it all you know the weekend comes and everyone turns up hopefully on time and it all opens so it's um yeah it's a hell of a lot of uh moving parts but it all comes together in this in this beautiful um beautiful way orchestrated uh hats off to your team then because uh you guys do a great job i mean i've chatted to jason um for the last few weeks we've been uh, great communication between us uh regarding this and us coming to festival and and doing our thing there with some cameras and some microphones and um I, you guys do a wonderful job um 
What about best of all then is journey uh, from the conception right up until now? What's that? What 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 kind of journey has that been like for you? Um. So yeah, I mean, best of all lasted uh, fifteen or sixteen years um, on the Isle of Wight, and then in Dorset, and then Camp Best of all. Yeah, it's obviously fifteen years in Dorset, and then two years in in Shropshire. So. I mean, I think the beautiful thing for us about Camp Festival is it, it's sort of stuck to its sort of ethos and stuck to its guns since we started it. So it's it's all about those magical moments and families and sort of music and the arts and stuff. And so we haven't had to follow any trends. Or And I think that's where, you know, if you're running a festival for like 18 to 30-year-olds, you've got to kind of change it all the time if they're into grime or if they're into hip-hop or, you know, new metal or whatever and, and with camp festival it's sort of stayed quite um steady the journey so it's been you know not not too um stressy it's just been uh been great just you know seeing this, a lot of the same people turning in year year out year in year out and you know it's quite brave of us to start the second show last year in shropshire probably just off the back of a huge you know the covid nightmare and everything um and with the cost of living thing so it's been um yeah, it's, it's, it has its challenges, but it's still, you know, it's still my favourite thing to do. Yeah, we, we missed Best of All last year. Um, I can't remember why. I know I was absolutely like running around, but we missed it last year. I'm, I'm, I'm so, I think we may have spoken to you guys, but I didn't think we got planning in time um, to, to, to do something with you. So I'm so, so excited. But like for the, the, uh, the, the feedback we got, because I know last year, last summer was just so hot, so unbelievably hot. Um, but uh, the, the the feedback I've seen from people, people really, really enjoyed it. Um, what I love about your, your the festival is the artwork as well. Who does your artwork? Because I think it's just phenomenal. Like all of the the uh, the artwork and the drawings, um, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's my lovely wife uh, Josie, who's I'm, I'm I'm away camping at the moment, but you can see the um, even in our camper van, she's done all the. Uh, sort of upholstery and this and stuff so yeah she, wow. she's the artistic um the artistic wonder wonder kid uh i'd sort of more music and fun stuff and then but yeah josie i mean ever since i started djing you know she's done the flyers she's done the artwork for our record label um wow. yeah she's an amazing illustrator really is i love the robot it's so so bright um how did you and josie meet um yeah, we met at, at um, Goldsmiths University when we were 18. So we uh, literally in the first um, few months at, um, at, the, at the sort of, they had some summer ball, which sounds posher than it was. It was just a, a rave. But um, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we met there and I thought, all oh, right, you know, it's just, I don't know, this sounds awful if I say just another girl. But I mean, you know, as fresh as we um, term or whatever and everyone was like enjoying um, meeting girls and boys and stuff and then uh and then yeah just something clicked and yeah 32 years later we're still <laughs> still together so um yeah i don't i don't know what the what the magic formula is but something uh something clicked uh seems to be it seems to be nice. working really Congratulations. well um <laughs> yeah. the, the fact that you guys are out in a camper van as well what you go where are you guys at the moment are you are you on holiday or like are you um no, we're not really on holiday. We're we're on the sunny Isle of Wight, um, about four miles away from our our house. Um, so yeah, we just got some friends, and we decided. Um, the, the beautiful thing about the Isle of Wight is when the sun comes out, um, 
you know, you don't really need to be anywhere else because we've got some amazing beaches, got some fantastic stuff for kids to do and um it, it, sound, it might sound a bit boring but actually we've had six months of um crap weather and sitting inside watching netflix so to be able to get outside in the sun and the kids can go surfing and mountain biking and you know we can eat seafood in the sunshine it's it's like yeah amazing to to be out so it's kind of lazy camping like the closest campsite to our house but <laughs> yeah nice nice to be by the sea Sounds ideal, honestly. I, f- I feel like I could do a bit of that tranquility at the moment, like just be out, be out there. Last night I was like, um, I went to my friends just for a board game night and a few beers. And he's like, what? And I was like, I just missed that. I miss just turning up and having a few beers and playing board games with your mates. Is that all? Or is that too much to ask for? He's like, no, 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 come around, come around. It's fine, absolutely fine. So that's what we did last <laughs> come night. Come on down with it. It's a free pitch right next to us, so uh, I'll save it for you if you jump in your car. That's great. I'll bring the board games. Pause <laughs> <laughs> one second, Alex, while I just turn the heating off. Absolutely, yeah. Please do, yeah. Sorry, the sun's uh, the sun is actually come up now, and uh, the camper van's getting a bit sweaty. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, cool. I'm, I can't wait to get out in the sun. I can't. We won't be too much longer. Twenty more minutes, and then we'll be done. Um, but yeah, this year's festival Verity, you're going to be going. Are you excited? I'm going to go in. I'm excited. Yeah, I don't, I've not been before, so I'm uh, not really sure what to expect. Or uh, yeah. Are you I'm coming excited, for the weekend though, or just for a, for a day? I'm coming for as long as I'm allowed to come for. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've yeah, given us weekend yeah, I mean, tickets, press tickets, I think, for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, yeah, the, we do create Camp Festival as as the sort of full four-day adventure we do we do sell day tickets but we love people coming for the four days because you know the thursday is all about bedding yourself in getting yourself set up getting your camp nice um we don't put any big music stuff on just so that there's no distractions from just getting everyone familiar it's, you know time for the kids to check out you know the site and know where they're know where they're going um and then, and then the party kind of starts from friday friday morning and doesn't really finish until sunday night so um yeah it's a lot of fun and it starts early i mean i think people have this vision that everyone you know the campsites will be these sort of screaming kid you know hordes of screaming kids in tents but actually they're they're, they're, they're quiet as a mouse because everyone's so knackered from getting there and then everyone's <laughs> yeah. knackered from having such a good time that by about midnight one in the morning the campsite's really quiet and then it's normally sort of eight-ish start things start happening and then from nine we open the site which is quite unusual for a festival so you know most festivals start getting going in the mid-afternoon but we you know from 9am we got hundreds of activities on and so it's it's amazing to see everyone piling out the campsites getting stuck in early Um, and then if you've got the staying power then people are still there for the headliners and then getting in bed after that but you know it's it's um I think it's, you know, some people probably just love doing the daytime stuff. Other people have more fun in the evening with their teenagers or whatever. But it's, um, you know, it's well, just... It's, a, like you said, it caters for all, doesn't it? Yeah. Which is amazing. Your lineup's pretty incredible this year as well. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult, like I said, to, to tick the box. Because, you know, one time another person's ed sheeran or you know it's like so you do you do get you know you get people who are like oh who are primal scream i've never heard of them and then other people are like primal scream my favorite band in the world ever i can't believe you booked them so it's sort of really hard to 
to everyone in the 21st century seems to expect the lineup to be exactly what is on their Spotify playlist. And if it, if it's not that they'll be unhappy, <laughs> but, but yeah, so that's why, you know, with things like Primal Scream, Rudimental, Human League, Groove Armada, you know, you tr- try and really go across the spectrum from pop to, you know, DJ to indie to, you know, and, and try and tick all the boxes, but it's, um, yeah, I'm pretty pleased with the, with the overall picture from, Spice Girl, Mel C to Ella Henderson, oh, you know, properly yourself, badly drawn boy, and you know some of the stuff further down, like the Seventeen Christmas Special, which is going to be fun. We're going to create like a whole Christmas wonderland in the big top for that. So, I am yeah, so so be- good. I'm so sad about all of this. So terribly depressed because I was like, I was like, oh right. So I wrote wrote to festival. I was like, we should do something. You know, the Shrewsbury Biscuit is out there. We cover festivals. It's what we do, and. Um, I was like, and they were like, and you guys were like, yes, okay, we'd love to do that, and you, we can open up a stage as well. I was like, even better. And so I ran to my wife, da da da, look what we've got to do. And she was like, we're in Turkey, you idiot. And I was like, oh no, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> I have to come back. Yeah. Um, so I was like, uh, and Verity had only been with us what a month. Something like that, four yeah, weeks? I'm not even sure it was that long, to be honest. I was like, yo, Verity, do you fancy going on behalf of the Biscuit and uh, standing up in front of a few hundred people and then opening up a stage at Bestival? She was like, sure. And then I see the lineup, and I'm like, oh, my God. No way. Sam Ryder's got to be there. Like, So thank you, Verity. Very for... bad timing, Alex. As always next year. Yeah, there is. And I'll make sure my wife does not book it a holiday off during Bestival next year. <laughs> But Verity, no. you're going to do a great job. I know you are. Um, what are you so more excited, most excited about on the lineup? Um, okay, hang on. Uh, Mel C. Just I was in a Spice Girls tribute act, obviously, <laughs> because of my hair. I was Mel B. But I'm so excited to see her. Um, <laughs> Sam Ryder. I was saying to Alex before I was following him on TikTok when he was first on TikTok. And I can remember watching his videos going, is he lip syncing? Is he lip syncing? That is amazing. Is this, is he lip syncing? It took me ages. And then obviously he exploded. I was like, oh no, that is him. Yeah, he's incredible. Um, Fern Cotton. Oh, there's just so much on there. Groove Armada. Sarah Cox, like I said, I feel like I know her. <laughs> she woke me up every morning when I went to school and college and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. are you into your uh, cold water swimming or paddle boarding, anything like that? Ah, so I've got a little, instead of a New Year's resolution, I came up with a list of 101 things I wanted to do this year. Why not? Cold water swimming's on it. I've done paddle boarding. I'm not great at it, but I did enjoy it. So, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, one of the most exciting things about this year is that we we had a lake last year, but we've moved to an even bigger lake on the site this year, which is um, going to have a lot of wild swimming, kayaking building raft building um yeah so that's going to be a real a real hub oh of, that's um, amazing and there's going to be saunas and ice baths on the side of the on the side of the lake so um yeah you can uh either get frosty or sweaty whichever you want i'm gonna do both <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna do it all i'm gonna do as much as i can <laughs> yeah um yeah, we, we we got cameras and we got microphones and we can document as much of this as we possibly can just to just to show people like because we've got listeners 
from all around the world, from varying demographics that may not know that Best of All is happening, you know, because we, we've got listeners in, in Australia, have we? as we found out on the last show. Um, and uh, it'd be nice to show them what's going on here in Shropshire. And, you know, I think it's really interesting that you, you chose Shropshire as a, as a place to come um, because we love Shropshire. That's why we do what we do. But what, what made you choose this county to, to bring Best of All? Well, that's a good question. I think um, Shropshire and, and Staffordshire, to be fair, because the site is kind of split down the middle mm. between uh, Staffordshire and Shropshire. So, um, yeah, they that, they chose us, I think. we, we um, Someone tips off about the, the site, um, which is obviously a, an incredible site. You know, Western Park, for anyone that's not been there, is like it's got one of the only surviving pleasure gardens designed by the you know UK's best ever gardener capability brown um so it's an absolutely stunning parkland and and pleasure garden and woodland and the lakes that we talked about um and it's you know the the transport connections the logistical sort of stuff is really really um easy from where it is and and it's um you know we've obviously been on the south coast for 15 years and we felt like that it was just about time for us to spread our wings a little bit and embrace a new audience and so that's obviously the concept behind it is that Dorset caters for a lot of the south and Camp Festival Shropshire um, um, you know caters for the Midlands the north but you know some people from Bournemouth are going to Shropshire some people from Scotland are still coming to Dorset so it's um we're still sort of finding our feet, but I mean, for a first year, last year was was incredible having so many people from you know our, our biggest um, sort of hotspots are Shrewsbury, Telford, Wolverhampton, Birmingham. Um, you know, now now we're going up into kind of Chester and and, and Scotland and and sort of out out into Wales and stuff. So you know, we're really growing that that audience and, and we, we know we're not as well known up there as, as we are in the south. So um, you know, it's it's exciting to have to win the win the audience over as well and uh get the word out. I feel like, you know, you look at the the the, the photography from uh Festival's Gone and kind of the ethos behind what you guys are doing and the artwork and the chilled vibe that you give, I feel like it'd be hard to say no to something like Best of All, if I'm honest, because uh, I, I'm genuinely, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, good turkey, don't get me wrong, I need a holiday, but I'm kind of like, ah, like, <laughs> I feel like this is kind of my, this is my jam, this is, this is right where my soul belongs, is, is a festival like this, where my kid is enjoying himself, he's eight years old, and I know he would absolutely lose his mind if I bought him Best of All tickets. Um, and then I could go and have fun too. But like, why, why, if you watch the kids, <laughs> I'm going to go and party in the tent over here. Like, you know, um, and at the same time, we can party as a family too. It's just perfect. Yeah. 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 Well, 2024, no, 2024. Yeah. What year are we in now? 23. 23. <laughs> <laughs> God, I don't even know. Yeah. I've been camping too long. Um, uh, but yeah, no, 2024, Alex, we will, we will see you there be great i love it i love it um verity um we need to set you some challenges as well for things what what do you reckon would be good challenges for verity to do rob people to speak to uh places think footage to get or um challenges for her i mean we'll have to we'll have maybe we'll have to ask our audience i don't know I'll have to set you a list of well, I, 
I mean, I think some easy ones to tick off would be to to, to see Verity in the ice bath. Um, yes, be a, be a challenge. Um, maybe a wild run. Um, we do wild runs from the campsite if you're if you're into jogging and stuff. I'm writing these down. Maybe, maybe try and get a photo. Get a photo with Mr. Tumble. Mr. Tumble, um, like like we talked about, he he um, when he first came to Camp Festival, he he wasn't anywhere near as famous as he is now and so he, he could stroll around afterwards and do autographs and stuff but after about two years he, he turned into Elvis of Elvis for kids <laughs> and um and and now can't leave the uh, enclosure without a without a golf buggy and for security sort of escorting him <laughs> like the president of the United States so so I'd say getting a photo with Justin Fletcher aka Mr Tumble would be quite a good challenge um, okay. I reckon an interview and, with Sarah uh, Cox would be good as well. So, you know, yeah, big hero of yours. My mate, Sarah. She doesn't know me, but she, she's definitely my mate. Sarah Cox. Interview. She's always game for uh, game for anything like that, Sarah. So she's great. I'm sure she'd be up for that. Okay. Amazing. I'm excited for you, Verity. And then, <laughs> and then maybe okay. maybe come to one of my meditation uh, meditation classes in the in the um, slow motion area if you want to chill out for a bit. Yes, please count me in. <laughs> Fantastic! Oh, it sounds! I'm so excited. What a weekend! Um, that'd be I. Yeah, just rub it in. Just rub it in, Verity. Just. Rub... <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> you just can't have to deal with it. Um, I threw out some questions uh, on our on our biscuit page. Um, I said uh, mentioned that you're coming on the show, Rob, and said that if anybody's got any questions about best of all or y- yourself, um, and Mark Fielden, who organised Cords Crush Cancer, he says, uh, please pass on my thanks to him and his team for supporting Cords Crush Cancer by donating tickets to last year's event. They were very grateful of that. Um, they auctioned them off and uh, raised some great money for for Lingen Davis uh, Cancer Fund. For, so well done, Mark. Well done, you guys for supporting that great charity. Oh, good. Well, yeah, keep up the good work, guys. That's brilliant. Um, Nick Jones as well. He says he signed up to be a charity golf buggy taxi driver at Camp Festival. Um, can you ask Rob if he needs any more? Um, if they're officially called Charity Concierge, he believes. Yeah. It's still, yeah, it's still going, and I don't know the exact um, way to sign up. But yeah, if you already know how to do that, yeah, get in touch because we we definitely run that um, facility still. Yeah. So what's this? Like you drive celebrities around on the on the golf buggies? No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, I've, I've got it's Sarah Cox. I'm that... taking her away. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's for people that want to um, people that want to. Uh, be taken from their cars to the campsite and not have to lug their stuff across the fields oh. on their own. So they, they um they get in a in a golf buggy um and I think I'm not quite sure how it works, but some of the money or all of the money goes to um charity from from the golf buggy um service. And and so we, we might we must use um volunteer drivers by the sounds of it. I'd love that. I'd be like crazy taxi. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> um well, Camp Festival this year looks fantastic. I know we've said it a lot, and I'm not just saying that because we got Rob the Bank on the show. It genuinely looks amazing. And from the moment I first saw it, actually, last year, I was so gutted we couldn't cover it. Um, but, like, from from the aesthetics, from the backdrop, from how it looks, feels, and from the lineup too, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I mean, I know it's been going for a long time down south, but to bring it to Shropshire, fantastic stroke of genius because I feel like this is, it fits right in 
with what we do here. You know, it's very laid back. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm excited for you, Verity. You're gonna have such a good time. I'm excited. Yeah, it's gonna be wicked. Um, right. So if you guys want to uh, book tickets, uh, go to the the Camp Festival website. I guess is the best bet, isn't it, Rob? Yeah, campfestival.net is probably the the quickest way of um getting those. So yeah, full full weekends are selling selling like hotcakes, and we've just put um day tickets on on sale. Like I say, we, we we think the full weekend is the way to do it. But if you can only um afford or can only get the time off work for what for a, a day or two, then then that's also a great way of uh, enjoying it. Yeah. Um... Well, thank you so, so much for, for joining us on the show today. I know it's Easter Sunday, the sun's out, and you've taken time out of this beautiful day to come and talk to us, and you too, Verity, of course. Um, but this has been so great chatting to you. Verity, have you got any more questions for Rob before we sign off? Uh, no. do, do you know what I was thinking? When you first started saying how you got into sort of DJing and stuff, you obviously live close to the beach, and you were doing your beach uh like djing sessions with your cassette tapes and stuff if you didn't have that opportunity at your fingertips what what road do you think you'd have gone down that's a great question because you you've yeah. done an amazing <clears throat> thing and you're you're in a place now where you're doing such big and fantastic things and you've got bold ideas and you're putting them into action and it's really fantastic but it all started off with that that young teenager loving getting people together and getting that atmosphere going. If if you hadn't have discovered, what what do you think you'd be doing? That's a re- really good question. I have absolutely no idea. I mean, w- w- at school I wasn't great at anything. So for anyone still <laughs> at school and uh, thinking we're not great at anything, yeah, um, don't worry things can stick thing about being a journalist but I didn't really know what a journalist truly was and I, I did end up being a, a music journalist as part of what I did so that that kind of happened and may and if the deep oh, maybe I'm maybe a journalist yeah that, that fits that fits well that, that was a great question though that's a it's a, a great thinker that is what would you would yeah yeah, well done, Brandon. Thought about it a while ago when you said about beach discos. I was like, that sounds amazing. Amazing. And that, maybe that's yeah. a good way to end the show. Guys, if you um, had done things a little bit differently when you were younger, would you be doing what you're doing now? Do you think you what you're doing right now is your destiny? Um, because, uh, you know, things could have been so much different if you'd have made the right, a little bit of a different choice. Um, I know that if, uh, if I'd have realised when I was younger that I could speak behind a microphone and do this thing, I wouldn't be where I am now. That's for sure. <laughs> I'll be a bit further on in life, I think. But um, I'm just thinking, Rob, if you didn't grow up by the beach, would you have still been able to have those gatherings somewhere? I don't know. It's just... Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't just the beach. I, in the summer, I, I liked doing. Yeah, we liked doing them on the beach. But no, I, I was. I had. A, I had a band that I was in, and we were doing like gigs in people, kid, in friends' houses and stuff, and and sort of de- DJing at people's houses. So yeah, it was kind of anywhere where we could have a party and play some music. And I can see that in my my sixteen year old, actually seventeen year old now. But um, he he's he's exactly the same. He doesn't go anywhere without his sound system and his tunes, and he's sort of yeah. Uh, that's that's like a, like a rite of passage for for teens, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. 
Absolutely. Good. Uh, well, this has been fantastic. Uh, we'll let you go, Rob, and enjoy your day. Verity, thank you so much for being amazing. And I can't wait to see what you develop from Best of All. I think you're going to have a great time. Um, and thank you hey, to, to the listeners as well for listening to this. I'm watching this as well. We're going to throw this on YouTube. Um, and, um, and yeah, uh, Rob, stick behind for a sec. I will play the outro. And we'll say goodbye properly. But for you guys that are tuning in, thank you so much for uh, for supporting the biscuit. And I will catch you guys next time. Peace out. Thank you. Right, guys, thank you so so much for listening to that great episode. Thank you, Rob, as well, uh, for coming, you know, speaking to us on the show, and Jason as well, who's organised everything uh, backstage. Me and him have been emailing for a few weeks now to organise not just the interview you just heard. But the uh, us coming to, to to best of all and representing the biscuit and Shropshire in a, in a big bad way. So we are really really looking forward to that. And if you are listening to the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast for the first time, please give us a follow on social media. We are on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn, and we're also on TikTok. Just look for the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast. But also playable on all home devices so that's your alexa your google homes and siri all that sort of stuff just say i want to listen to the shoes with biscuit podcast yo and it'll play it so um thank you for tuning into this episode and uh, welcome to our community we love you very much and we'll catch you guys next time peace out